0: going to continue our sermon series on altars. And I know that last week we had a guest speaker and so I just want to quickly list the altars that we have discussed and that we have visited up to this point. We've talked about the altar of covenant and the altar of celebration, the altar of sovereignty and the altar of worship. And we've come to understand that lives are altered at the altar and so today I want to talk to you for just a little bit about the altar of new beginnings new beginnings it's when a storyline makes an abrupt abrupt shift or a quick turn and a new storyline emerges it's what filmmakers and screenwriters like to call the inciting incident it's when Charlie unwraps the golden ticket to the chocolate factory. It's when the cyclone hurls Dorothy's house to Oz. It's when Maria leaves the abbey and ends up at the door of Captain Von Trapp. Pastor, you and I have discussed this many times. It's when Taylor Swift shows up at a Travis Kelsey football game making Travis Kelsey a household name (laughs) for me it was responding to a Facebook message on April 25th 2014 and that response took me from a condo in Austin Texas to a beautifully wooded little slice of heaven in Beecher City It was when Jeremy and I went to our first ultrasound and Jeremy said, wait, 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 whoa, whoa, what, what am I looking at? Am I seeing what I think I'm seeing? And the doctor saying, yes, Mr. Suey, there's two babies and not just one. I love the word of God because from Genesis to Revelation, the book is full of new beginnings. It's full of stories of real people navigating new beginnings. It's when God tells Abraham, I want you to leave everything and go to a land that I'll tell you. It's Ruth telling Naomi, I'm going to stick with you. And your people are going to be my people. And your God are gonna be, is going to be my God It's David standing in the valley saying, who is this Philistine that he would defy the armies of the living God? It's Mordecai telling Esther, maybe you were born for such a time as this. It's Peter walking into the home of the Roman centurion named Cornelius. It's Saul, the Christian killer, stepping onto the road to Damascus. It's Mary giving birth to a baby boy named Jesus Christ who would die on Calvary and three days later walk out of the grave. Is there anybody in this room you're finding yourself at a new beginning? And that could mean a job change, could mean a new relationship, it could mean a doctor's report, It could mean a son getting married. It could mean losing a loved one. It could be that you've made some really terrible decisions, and right now your life is full of regret and disappointment, and you are desperate for a new beginning. New beginnings are exciting and good and terrifying, and painful so what i i ask you today my question for you today is what is god saying in this new beginning you see not only are lives altered at the altar but when your life is altered build an altar for the last several sundays pastor has explained and discussed different altar moments And today we're going to drill down and we're gonna talk about the altar of new beginnings. We're gonna look at one story about a guy named Noah. And it comes very early on in Genesis. The book of Genesis tells us the story of the beginning of human history. It tells us how it all began and maybe most importantly, who it began with. God, the creator of the universe, speaks a word, and hurls galaxies into orbit, and breathes life into humanity. And then we find six chapters in that things have gone terribly wrong, and God sees Noah, a righteous man, and he tells him, build a boat, a really big boat. It's going to need to be big enough for your entire family, and it's gonna be, need to be big enough for lots and lots of animals. And this boat will be a refuge for you and for your family. And so Noah spends decades doing this, and then it's time. And Noah and his family and all the animals go into the ark, God shuts the door, and the rain starts. And it rains for 40 days and 40 nights, and everything is destroyed. And then a year later, the waters recede, and Noah and his family are finally able to emerge from the ark. So I'm just going to take a drink of water. I don't know if it's because it's like totally terrifying to my core, but when I get up here and I talk, it's like every drop of moisture leaves my mouth, and it's hard to... So, you know, they're always so nice, and they bring a glass of water, and I never do it because I'm too embarrassed. But today, I'm just, I'm going to do it. Okay, so can we stop right here, and can we just agree that this is a really crazy story? Okay, there's some things about this story that I find totally shocking. Like, how did Noah keep the lions from the baby bunnies? You know, how did the land plants survive uh, after being completely submerged for a year? Why flies? Why mosquitoes? And you know, honestly, the biggest conundrum to me, and don't, don't tell me that you haven't thought about this, but what in the world did they do with all the poop? This is also a difficult story to fully comprehend when we think about the character of a loving and good and merciful and sovereign God because this is an extremely tragic story. You know, we love to decorate our kids' nurseries in Noah's ark because we just we think it's so cute with the animals popping out, you know, from the ark windows. But when we really think about it, it was really really horrific. This is a story about God's anger and judgment on the earth. Next to the cross, this is the most graphic and intense display of God's judgment in all scripture. But I would also argue that this is one of the most powerful displays of God's grace. Because this is about a God who deliberately and intentionally put together a plan for rescue. It is about a God who patiently withheld his response while one man created a place of refuge for his family. It's about a God who had a plan for a new beginning from the very beginning. You see, what we find in, in scriptures is that the places of God's most graphic displays of anger are also the most powerful displays of his grace. And this is one of those stories. And so we're going to pick up this story in Genesis 8. This is after the flood, after the waters have receded, in Genesis 8, 15. And then God said to Noah, come out of the ark, you and your wife and your sons and their wives. Bring out every kind of living creature that is with you, the birds, the animals, and all the creatures that move along the ground so they can multiply on the earth and be fruitful and increase in number on it. And so Noah came out together with his sons and his wife and his son's wives, all of the animals and all of the creatures that move along the ground and all the birds, everything that moved on the land came out of the ark, one kind after another. Then Noah built an altar to the Lord. And taking some of all the clean animals and clean birds, he sacrificed burnt offerings on it. And the Lord smelled the pleasing aroma and said in his heart, never again will I curse the ground because of humans, even though every inclination of the human heart is evil from childhood. And never again will I destroy all living creatures as I have done. As long as the earth endures, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, Summer, winter, day and night will never cease. Then God blessed Noah and his sons saying to them, be fruitful and increase in number and fill the earth. And so Noah and his family came out of the ark after this tremendous ordeal and God says it's time to start over. A blank canvas, let's do this thing again. And the first thing that Noah does when he comes out of the ark is he builds an altar. Now, I want you to imagine for a moment the trauma this family has just been through. First of all, they spend decades of their lives building this thing. And then for 40 days and 40 nights, they live through the most tumultuous weather event of all human history. Outside, they are hearing the cries of terror and death. While inside, they are dealing with the cries of the animals and dealing with seasickness. Outside, they are losing everything they have ever known. Their family, their friends, their crops, their house. And inside they are clinging to the hope that God has made this boat a refuge for them. And a year later they come out of this experience of tremendous physical and mental and emotional and spiritual exhaustion. And God says, let's start over. Let's fill the earth. And the future depends on you. God is changing the script here. God is making a new beginning, not only in the life of Noah and his family, but for all human history that comes after it. And what Noah does in that moment of new beginnings is he makes an altar. When your life is altered, make an altar. So the challenge when we read scripture is to figure out what was being said to a specific person at a specific time and place and what are the universal transferable principles that we can apply to our life today. Building an altar today doesn't necessarily mean we gather stones and wood and construct something physical. What it means is we carve out space in our lives to encounter God. What it means for us today is we we don't sacrifice animals because that would be weird. And we would probably get in trouble. And God said we we don't have to do that anymore anyway. Hallelujah. But it probably does mean that we're going to have to give up something. It means we create space in our hearts for the presence of God to reside. When your life is altered, Make an altar. So taking from Noah's response to his life being altered, how can we build an altar in our place of new beginning? Because new beginnings require new postures. The first thing is when your life is altered, take a posture of listening. God is speaking. Whether it was God that moved you into a new beginning or if it was just life that propelled you to a place of new beginning. God is working and God is doing something in this moment and our ears must be tuned to his voice to hear what he is saying. You know, there's two ways to live life. We can respond to the voice of God or we can react to circumstances. Responding to the voice of God actually gives us perspective on what we're going through and the situation we're in. Whereas reacting to our our circumstances, we lose all perspective. Responding to the voice of God is what brings clarity and direction. Whereas reacting to circumstances, we don't know what is up and what is down. And so in the moment of new beginnings, we need to take a posture of listening. What is God saying? God said to Noah, leave the boat. You know, I have no idea what Noah was was thinking in this moment. Noah may have been thinking, you know, there's nothing out there. (laughs) Um, I'm really kind of tired from building this boat. I'm old. Um, I don't want to leave. You see, the ark was Noah's place of safety and refuge and security. The ark was the last thing that God had given to Noah. And so what if Noah had just stayed there? You know, sometimes we resist new beginnings because we're clinging to the last thing that God did in our life. Come on. Yeah. And on the other hand, Noah might have been more than ready to get out. He might have been ready to leave the seasickness and the cabin fever. He might have been more than ready to get out of the confined space and away from his kids. But what if Noah had jumped ship before God told him to leave. You know, some of us have a tendency of feeling like we're gonna get stuck somewhere. We have a constant feeling of being discontent. We have a constant feeling of looking for the next thing, the next opportunity, the next promotion, believing everything else is better. We're constantly looking for our own way of escape from a situation or a relationship waiting and responding to the voice of God is what brings satisfaction and fulfillment in this life. You see, what God initiates, He permeates. What we initiate, we have to sustain. You know, the last thing that we want is to step outside of the voice of God and start something new only to become the hamster on the wheel instead of letting God speak a word and allowing him to permeate it. You know, whether Noah wanted to get off the ark too early or whether he wanted to stay in there too long, it came down to an issue of trust. Now I want you to listen to this. When God said in the beginning, let there be light, Science tells us that the universe is still expanding. And so this means that God's first creative command is still creating at the outer edges of creation today. And so do we believe that the God who is still creating the universe can create a new beginning in our life? I do. For us to resist a new beginning or to take a step of faith in a new beginning, it all comes down to trust. Right. Do we really believe that there is a God who is good and merciful yes. and faithful Amen. and sovereign? Are we listening to what He is saying? Are we willing to trust His voice? When your life is altered, take a posture of listening. So Noah leaves the boat, and the first thing he does is he sacrifices some animals. And I want to try and clarify something about how we understand the story. You know, a lot of times we understand the story as the animals they came two by two. But if we read God's initial instructions to Noah, He said to bring two of every clean animal, I mean of every unclean animal, and seven of what were called clean animals. And so basically, the animals that were born to be edible, there were seven of each of those. And what happened is that one of of those seven out of each species was given as a sacrifice. And so now if I'm Noah and God has given me the instruction to replenish the earth, what sense does it make it from the, does it make from the very beginning to get rid of one-seventh of the edible animals? To me, that's not a very good start. And yet Noah sacrifices. When your life is altered, we have to take a posture of sacrifice. An altar is a place of offering. It's about coming to God With open hands and saying, God, whatever's in my hands, it's not much. But I believe you can do more with this than I can with my own strength. And a lot of times it means giving up whatever we think is the most important to us. Sometimes in a season of new beginnings, you wind up with things laid on the altar involuntarily. And the question is, are we going to trust what God is doing with our sacrifice? And for a lot of us, when we come to a season of new beginnings, we have to intentionally and voluntarily sacrifice some things. Here's some examples if you're in a season with maybe a new job. You know, our first response is to work as hard as we can, as long as we can, as well as we can. But maybe sacrifice in this season is believing that God can do more with six days of our time than we can do with seven, and still keeping the Sabbath set apart for him. Maybe you're in a new season where financially things are just a little bit tighter. I can testify kids are expensive and it doesn't always get better when you're done with diapers and formula. And so are we willing to trust that God can do more with the 90% than we can do with 100%. It is laying that on the altar and believing that in that sacrifice, we can trust God to do something. When we come to a place of new beginning, we have to take a posture of sacrifice. Are we trying to hold on to something from the last chapter and bring it into this next chapter? You see, what's good for us in the last chapter may not be God's goodness in this next chapter. We can't experience grace when we have clenched fists and closed hearts. And so are we willing to be open to a posture of sacrifice? When your life is altered, take a posture of sacrifice. The next thing we read is that it says the Lord was pleased with the aroma of the sacrifice. The aroma of the sacrifice means that this was not just an altar of sacrifice. It was an altar of worship. Noah came out of the ark and he built a place to worship God. This is about putting putting God first. Matthew 6.33 says, Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things will be added to you. When your life is altered, take a posture of worship. Sydney, you can come on back. Worshiping God means putting him first, keeping him central, making him a priority. Before doing anything else, it is about worshiping and acknowledging the presence and the goodness of God. You know, it's interesting to me that when Noah is given the biggest task of all human history, Noah's first instinct isn't to get started working, but to take a knee. It's not about getting busy working, it's about getting busy worshiping. Worship is about elevating the reputation of God in the of others so how are you talking about God about what God is doing in your life how are we talking about the goodness and the faithfulness and the sovereignty and the mercy of God in this moment worship is about acknowledging and identifying and recognizing who he is worship is gratitude So maybe what an altar looks like in your life in this season of New Beginnings is keeping gratitude at the front of your mind and on the tip of your tongue. Also, we don't worship when things are good or when things are bad or based on circumstance at all worship because God has a reputation of being good and merciful and faithful and just If things never worked out in our favor again we worship God because he is holy and he is worthy Worship is not about us Worship is all about him When your life is altered take a posture worship I feel the presence of God can we just stand on our feet can we throw our hands in the air can we giving the best worship that we have God, seated. It's after Noah makes this altar and sacrifices and worships that God says he will never again destroy the earth like this. It's after this that God blesses Noah and his family and he makes a covenant and a promise and he puts a rainbow in the sky. You know, whether or not that blessing and covenant and rainbow was dependent on Noah's sacrifice or Noah's making that altar, I don't know. I do know that God has blessed me and God continues to bless me and I have never deserved it. But what I do think I can say is that because Noah made an altar, he put himself in a posture to be able to fully experience blessings of God. The blessing of God is found in the presence of God. That means if we want to fully experience His blessing, we have to come, we have to be with Him where He is. Blessings for this new beginning follows a posture of listening and obedience, and a posture of sacrifice, and a posture of worship. When you come to a place of new beginnings, take a new posture, when your life is altered, make an altar. Pastor, you want to come on up? So here's what's so amazing about this story. The ark is just a foreshadowing of what was to come. The ark saved one family and one generation, so the story could keep going and keep moving towards the time when the would save every family and every generation. God sees you. He knows you. He hears you today. You can build an altar of new beginnings. Today you can also renew that relationship with Jesus. You can begin this faith journey again. Help taking the first step into this new beginning. Come build an altar. This is a place. This is the posture needed to move from death to life, from scarcity to abundance, from bondage to freedom, from shame to significance. Philippians 1 6 says, being confident that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. When your life is altered, build an altar, because lives are altered at the altar. Thank you.